0: Welcome to Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories, a podcast powered by Asics. I'm Tegan Nash, and this is a show for anyone and everyone on a mission to improve their health physically and mentally. I'm pretty sure most people won't have heard the Latin saying anima sana in kapor sano, but translated, it means sound mind in a sound body, which is a philosophy that I share with millions of people around the world. People who are just starting out on their journey to a healthier self or who are well on their way to achieving their mental and physical goals by getting up, off their bottoms, and moving their bodies. Today on Sound Mind Sound Body Stories, I talk to a guy from the northern beaches of Sydney. He has played for Australia since 2016 and has played in multiple positions in the back line, but is also regarded as one of the best kickers in rugby union today but Reese could have probably played an entirely different sport for Australia if he hadn't settled on rugby. A talented all-round sportsman, Reese has the wisdom of someone a lot older. At 26 years old, Reese manages the pressures of living under the media spotlight and the disappointment of injuries and global pandemics philosophically. Amongst other things, I chatted to Reese about his career, his upbringing and his take on maintaining a sound mind in a sound body. Here is Rhys Hodge. Rhys, thank you so much for joining us. How are you going?
1: Yeah, I'm good, again. Thanks for uh, having me on.
0: So we're obviously here to talk today about sound mind, sound body. But first, I kind of wanted to get into like the nitty gritty and learn a little bit about you. Is sport something that you always wanted to get into? Like when you were 10 years old, were did you have aspirations to be a sportsman or did you want to be an astronaut or an artist?
1: Yeah, I guess for me, like from an early age, I was always pretty active. I'm an only child, so um, a lot of mm-hmm. the kind of attention was always kind of <laughs> on my sport when I was a kid. So I think I started playing soccer when I was like four or something like that. And then, I don't know, I bounced around uh, rugby union, rugby league, bit of AFL, a lot of cricket as well. And as well as like kind of surf life-saving and nipping and stuff from when I was a kid. So my whole life has been based around being very active. And so I always dreamt of being a professional sports person of some sort. It wasn't always rugby union, but can't say I was ever wanting to be an astronaut. It was always something to do with (laughs) um, being physically active.
0: Yeah. And like, were your parents sporty as well? Is that sort of where you got your inspiration from or was it more around, you know, being an only child, whatever your mates were doing?
1: A bit of both, I think. Dad and mum were both very active. Dads run a lot of marathons, which I don't mm-hmm. think I'll uh, ever quite get into to the, to the extent that he have has. You, have um, you done
0: like a little half or anything like that? A 10 k <laughs>
1: Yeah, probably a, top, a couple of 10Kers, I guess, through my teenage years. But being used to I like, guess, playing rugby on grass now, my joints don't like the old concrete too much. So I might, uh, yeah. might have to wait till, till post-career to maybe give a half for a marathon a go. But, um, yeah, I guess mum and dad still are, but both very active, I guess. When I was um growing up and dad used to play a bit of rugby, nothing too serious, just a club level. And mum was into a netball a little bit as well. So, I mean, I've always had some kind of ball um, you know, in the backyard or, or even probably to mum's chagrin a little bit in inside and, I don't know, smashing windows and stuff like that from when I was a youngster.
0: So unfortunately at the moment you're out of action with a pretty bad injury. Uh, you're attempting a match-winning field goal. What's it like to have an injury and not be able to play? How do you sort of deal with that and what does your rehab look like?
1: Uh, I guess it's obviously... Yeah, always kind of frustrating. I'm not a very good spectator at all. Watching Mm -hmm. the the boys from the sideline, you always seem to see the game nice and clearer from the side and always think that other things should eventuate on the field. No, it's frustrating, obviously. You know, love being active, love being out there. Great to, I guess, play in front of home crowds and you can't really beat that atmosphere. It's kind of hard to explain how good a feeling it is being out on the field with your best mates, playing the game you love in front of plenty of fans. So that's definitely an element to the game that I miss. You know, like most athletes i have had my share of injuries over the years and you probably come over the years, grown to the mindset of like, there's no point in feeling down about being injured. I mean, it's only naturally going to be disappointed. And I've kind of just taken the attitude of throwing myself into my rehab as as uh, much as possible and, and try and get back as soon as possible because there's nothing really good to be gained from being down in the dumps and, you know, thinking why me because it happens to to so many athletes around I mean, the world every day.
0: Yeah, and I think it's only natural to feel that disappointment because it's something that you love doing and not being able to be out there. Uh, are there ways that you're managing it mentally as well as like I know that rehab is so important physically but are there things you're doing for your mind too?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's a good chance to kind of work on things kind of off the field. For me personally, like usually golf's a really a good way that I get away from the whole pressure and intensity of professional rugby. Um, it's something that I'm probably missing at the moment, not being able to play on an injured knee. I've, I've kind of tried to replace that, not necessarily getting away from rugby, but really trying to help out our senior players and our coaches with with a, I wouldn't say a coaching role but but really trying to help out the way that we want to play rugby in this next competition coming up for us and, and also trying to mentor some of the younger guys. So whilst I'm not out there on the field, I think there's definitely ways that I can still be of some sort of value rather than just a dead body on the sideline um, <laughs> within the team at the moment. So, yeah, there's always something you can do.
0: Do you have a lot of uh, young people looking up to you for inspiration?
1: Uh yeah, I guess so. I think it it probably only kind of dawned on me the last couple of years seeing how young some of the guys that come into professional sport are, like, you know, some of my teammates are 18, 19 years old and whilst I don't really see myself as ancient at 26, it's um <laughs> it's probably been a bit of an eye opener in terms of I'm probably one of the more experienced players at this stage of my career and it's it's really something that I've tried to take on board and and really help out some of the younger guys just in terms of preparation and you know not only stuff on the field but also you know how I prepare my body and and as you talked about my mind also Mm. and just really pass on as much I guess experience in that in that sense as possible
0: yeah and I mean when you're playing a game I've heard you've got a pretty good boot on you what happens when you miss how does that make you feel because you can't win all the time you can't you can't get it all the time either. So, does that play take a toll on you?
1: Yeah. Look, last year I think for me it was it was almost unheard of. It was probably you know in the space of about six weeks I had three chances to kick a goal to win the match for for right. the Wallabies. And you know as a kid that's that's the kind of stuff you dream of and. Yeah it's only I mean, disappointing really that none of them actually came off and a couple of them were, were very close and you know it's funny kind of growing up I've, I've had a lot of times where I've had the match winning kick and more often than not it's actually gone over but then on, on the big stage it, it hasn't quite come off and that's yeah. obviously disappointing and I guess playing for your country I, f- I felt like I'd let a lot of people down but the same attitude that I was talking about with my rehab there's, there's no point thinking you know what if I'm sure there are a few regrets in the moment and you know, I played it over in my mind quite a few times each kick, but at the end of the day, the only thing that I can do that's going to have a positive impact going forward is I was preparing and training just as hard throughout this year that if I did get the chance for another match-winning kick that that I knew that I'd addressed it mentally and, and physically in terms of my technique and that the next opportunity I got, I was, uh, I was supremely confident that it was going to go over and only now, hopefully in the future, hopefully next time it goes over.
0: Yeah, you know, that sort of translates into life as well. So many times you can be kicked down or not get a job that you want or all of those different situations. But I think it's important to learn from every experience. You know, things don't always, they don't always go to plan.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I think I've still got a few good mates back home in uh, in Sydney that remind me of, of that fact every time I come home. So they uh... are <laughs> They certainly (laughs) keep me grounded and yeah, that's one of the best, I guess, parts of of having mates both in professional sport and also living, I guess, what we would call regular lives back home. They always are there to, to keep you grounded.
0: What's it like working and traveling in a team and trying to keep that morale up, but also keep that individuality? Uh, Is it hard to sort of balance?
1: I guess sometimes when when you're on tour for extended periods of time, I'm pretty used to it now and I think I've got the balance pretty right. Last year for COVID, the nature of us as the Melbourne Rebels and and the Melbourne lockdown for for big parts of 2020, we were actually Mm -hmm. on the road for three or four months altogether. We're away from home and basically I think there was about 40, 40 or 50 of us including staff on tour for for weeks on end, and then after the Super Rugby season, we actually went into a, you know about a three month bubble with the the Wallabies for some tests at the end of the year. So that was an interesting kind of year in terms of being in people's pockets 24 seven. And yeah, one thing that gave me a bit of individual time was luckily enough we were on we we're staying on the beach, and every morning I'd go down with one or two of the other guys and and go for a coffee at sunrise, and just being near the water yeah. was kind of my reset and. Uh, my chance to kind of get away and relax when, um, you know, most of the rest of the day, you're kind of spending a lot of time with, with your teammates and, and coaches and staff. So little things like that, I think just taking some, yeah, some time to, to relax on your own and, and do things that you want to do when you're amongst a group setting is, is really important. But then I guess on the other side of the coin, I always say the best part about touring and rugby is you get to travel the world and experience new places with some of your best mates and it's all paid for is uh is one of the bonuses as well. So yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting year, 2020, but um really good experience yeah. to a life.
0: 2020, very interesting year. What was it like being in a bubble? You know, it must be hard. It must have been hard, uh, sort of leaving all your friends and your family behind. Uh, did that impact you in any way?
1: Uh, look, I think yeah, the first the first few months, I guess. Usually the nature of our seasons is we kind of get weekends here or there or a few days here and there to go and see friends and family. For me, I live in Melbourne, you know, the first six months of the year, but the Northern Beaches in Sydney is home for me. So any chance Mm -hmm. I um, I get to go back there and see friends and family, I really cherish. And it's almost like a reset button for me. So it was quite tough for the first few months to not be able to do that. But I guess as the kind of COVID situation improved throughout the year, we did actually get a chance to see family for... For a few days before we went on that second tour, so it was it was almost like a reset, and then we were kind of back into to work mode. And yeah, it was it was tough being in the bubble, but at the same time, as I said previously, like you're spending all day with your best mates, and it's a pretty yeah. fun environment to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I bet it would be. How do you uh, how do you deal with the media comments and and pile on? Does that take a toll on you personally or professionally? How do you how do you manage it?
1: Yeah, I think early on in my career, I, I probably fell into the trap of, you know, the whole reading the Facebook comments and, and mm. that kind of side because it's so easy, I guess, when you're you're looking for your reinforcement in terms of your performance yeah. when you first come onto the scene. I probably, as I've become more experienced and, and over the years, I've become a bit better in taking most comments with a grain of salt. So, mm. I mean, I still respect and and love the interaction from fans. You know, week to week, especially after a loss, because that that really shows passion and and that they're supporting supporting you, I guess, through thick and thin. And they they they're writing those comments because they care. In the same manner, I think when you see fans one week they're they're praising you and they're writing comments and thinking that you're the best thing since last bread, and then the following week they're basically calling you the devil you gotta take that with a grain of salt and yeah. and realize that there are people's opinions that you respect and that you listen to and that you take on board in terms of of feedback and then there have to be some people that whether it's in the heat of the moment or whatever you just have to disregard them and and get on with with what your job is and not let it affect your mental health so I think I've probably got a quite a good positive relationship with with social media in general I guess at this point in my career
0: yeah yeah I feel like trolling and bullying online is sort of like it's slowing down a little bit. I think it's definitely still there, but I think people in the media, you know, whether you're in sport or on TV, movies, I think people are learning to deal with it better because it is being, it's being spoken about.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you have a good support network around you?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, especially being in team sports, I think that's one of the really, I guess, benefits of, you know, being in a team and and being so close to people that you play with and also the coaches and the staff. I think you can always lean on someone. I guess if you're not comfortable with the head coach, then you might get on well with, you know, one of the assistants or there's always one teammate that you get along with and you you trust to talk Mm -hmm. about things that are affecting you. And then, you know, I've also got a close relationship with, With my family back home, and they're only a phone call away, and then also as as I kind of mentioned before, my mates they're also there in the tough times, and they're there to support and and get you through, and I guess back feeling and playing your best whenever you're you're down in the dumps. So I really feel like I've got a strong support network, and very grateful for it.
0: Okay, so when you're not training, when you're not playing rugby, what else does Rhys Hodge like to do? What relaxes you? Uh,
1: Golf golf's big for me. I guess I feel like most professional sports people, at some point in their life, turn to golf as a, a way to, <laughs> I guess, to kind of um, de stress and yeah, and relax and and that is big for me. But I think one of the other the kind of big things for me, being from the northern beaches, is I feel like being near the water and getting in the water is like my reset button. So yeah, uh, growing up and living on the beach. Um, now I live in Port Melbourne in Melbourne which is pretty much as close to the um, well, water or, uh, right, yeah. or, they, or they, what they call a beach which is <laughs> probably not on the same level as um, as Sydney's kind of sites. I usually last till about June, July and August probably get a little bit chilly for me. I like to get in the water and if I kind of get down you know in an afternoon after training or even if we have a late start in the morning it's just it just kind of relaxes me and gets me feeling at my best both body and mind and Yeah. Kind of like
0: meditative.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess when you talk about meditative as well, the other thing that probably adopted about five or six years ago when I first started down in Melbourne was I kind of have this stretching routine that I go Mm -hmm. through before bed most nights that I live on my own. So it's, it's a bit easier to do, but get the kind of, you know, apartment nice and dark and go through kind of a stretching routine. It's almost like my meditation and my sleeping pill, and then when my head hits the pillow, I'm, I'm pretty much out like a light. So yeah. definitely feel better every day when I when I kind of go through that routine. And it's something that's that's worked for me over the years. And it's it's always evolving in terms of which stretches. There's always something new that comes up. But yeah, it's something that I've found that's worked for me, and yeah, hopefully continues to going forward.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And do you have someone that you look up to? Someone that you're inspired by?
1: Yeah, I think. I like most kids who kind of watch a lot of sport growing up. I had a few few role models and, you know, people that I kind of run around the backyard trying to imitate and wish that I'd grow up and, and be like them. And they were kind of rugby and cricket players for me growing up. But in terms of a mentor, like I had a pretty bad injury in, in 2013 to my ankle and ended up spending, you know, about a year and a half out of the game. And I was lucky enough that, that one of my good mates who I was playing with at Manly at the time he'd kind of been through the same injury previously and I kind of owe a lot to to him like I remember when I first kind of was in the cast and maybe three days out of surgery like he'd come pick me up take me to the gym take me down to the beach just to to sit in the sun and stuff like that and I guess really in a tough period of my life I guess showed me the way in terms of how to get through that and come out the other side and um, he's now playing professionally as well it took him a little bit longer to crack it but i'll give him a bit of a um yes pat on the back here's dave dave Parecki so he's a professional rugby player as well now but uh he probably doesn't realize but at the time you know i had my family that that were obviously there to support me through that tough time but but he kind of showed me the way um and gave me a lot of a lot of his time that he didn't need to and i think it's it's really helped to make me the person and the rugby player that i am today so Yeah, thanks, Dave. Just was
0: there to listen and sort of guide you through uh, and yet obviously made a huge impact. Yeah, for sure. Now, ASIC's philosophy is sound mind in a sound body. And as ambassadors for the brand, we both sort of share the same ethos. What what does sound mind, sound body mean to you?
1: It's such a good ethos and such a good, uh, I guess what you'd call a catchphrase and it's almost everyone's going to see it in a different way. And I kind of, the way that I see it, I guess, coming to life for me is what we talked about previously, like my kind of meditative kind of behaviors. I I feel like for me, sound mind is achieved through being near the water and, and going through my kind of daily routine. And then sound body is just the preparation, what goes into being a professional sports person day to day. And that's that comes down to your preparation for training, your warm up, your your recovery, and then also everything that's that's out on the field. So I think it's hard to put into a few words, but I, I kind of live it every day and everyone's gonna live it and, and see it in a different different way. But I think that's yeah, that's kind of how I relate to sound mind, sound body.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I wanna talk a little bit about ASICs. What do you love most about the boots? Uh, especially when you're, you know, you're in them so much every day
1: oh uh, I think the one thing that sticks out for everyone that wears ASICS is the comfort so I know they're great for your feet and there's a lot of research to kind of support that and and guys who have injuries seem to turn to ASICS boots just to to give that extra support but the comfort like you never get blisters when you like most boots you get blisters the first couple of times you wear them but whenever yeah. I throw on a, a new pair of ASICS like I could wear them you know, for the first time in a game and, and I'm fine and they, they fit perfectly and they're comfortable. And and then the other thing over the last couple of years is Asics's styles of rugby boots have like they've they've really Amped picked up. Like ASICS, yeah, <laughs> like ASICS used to be seen as kind of that comfy and good for your feet brand. Now it's yeah. kind of got the whole package. Yeah, I've been really impressed with the way ASICS has developed their, their footy boots over the last few years.
0: Uh, and do you have any words of wisdom for, you know, young young kids, boys and girls who are looking to get into rugby? It's becoming more and more popular in my eyes.
1: Yeah, look, I think enjoyment is just the key when, you, when you're when you growing up. I think, you know, I was lucky my parents never forced me into anything and that that was kind of how I tried so many sports. It was just whatever my mates were into and what I was enjoying at the time. And I think really cherish the, the times that you have. You know, with your teammates and your, I guess your best friends, growing up and enjoy the time that you get to spend with each other on the field and playing the game that that you love. So I think for us, even at the professional level, enjoyment is at the center of every bit of success we have, and and we try to kind of bring that to life every day. If you're not enjoying it, find a different sport. Like I'm, I don't think anyone at the top level will be too fussed if you if you turn to something else because you're enjoying it more. But yeah. yeah, for for every come young rugby player, just
0: just have fun. How about those people who are getting a little older? Do you have any sort of advice to get their bodies moving, you know, stay busy?
1: I mean, I'm just so used to moving, I guess, on a daily basis yeah. that I can't really fathom how how people don't. And if I guess if people have been through a phase where they might have, you know, struggled to, to get moving, to, you know, be active, I, I really encourage them to Start slow and and get back moving their bodies because you know as sound mind sound body suggests if you start moving your your body your your mind really benefits as well and I think you really start to see improvements in your mood and Not I guess totally. I think it'll make you a lot happier. So
0: yeah, I always find uh, if I'm like traveling for work if I haven't exercised I like hit a point and I'm a demon. No one wants yeah. to be around me because I just like haven't haven't released any tension or anything. I find uh, running for me is sort of really meditative. And I ran a lot during COVID. uh, And then I sort of dropped off. And then now that I've signed up to do a half marathon, I'm like, I need to pick it back up again. Uh, And I ran, I think it was only five kilometers yesterday. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't run any further. What's wrong with me? But felt so good afterwards. But it's just like, you know, exercise really does make you feel better. And I think it's also important not to compare yourself with other people and where they might be at. And yeah, absolutely, Reese, what's next for you? Have you thought about life after rugby?
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I think so. I studied physio for three years at uni before I, I guess, went down the the rugby path. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, kind of the nature of of unis is that, and especially I guess physio, I had a lot of my prac hours was what I had left in my course and. They kind of like you to do that in in full time blocks. So yeah. I haven't actually been able to finish that. Um, I think I started in 2013, so I've got until 2023 to finish it. So <laughs> I mean, unless I have a you know extended breakthrough injury, I can't really see that happening at the moment. I'd love to. I guess being active and you know having studied a lot of anatomy and being in professional sport, I'd I'd love to do something along the the movement kind of lines. Whether that's you know physio, strength and conditioning you know combining a bit of skills coaching with with both of those things i think i'm leaning towards something down that area uh, after rugby as i said i'm certainly 26 so i don't really want to make too many decisions that are going to lock me in at this point and yeah. hopefully over the next few years um, get a little bit of work experience and really try and iron out what i'm what my plan is post rugby yeah at the moment just enjoying uh full, it. <laughs> yeah enjoying it exactly right
0: Well, Reese, thank you so much for chatting with us and sharing your sound mind, sound body story.
1: Thanks, Tegan. It's been a pleasure.
0: So composed. I love his approach to disappointment. Resilience is a word I find myself using a lot lately and in Reese's case, it is certainly fitting. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. That's it from me. I'm Tegan Nash. Thanks for listening to Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories. Coming up next week. Triathlete Jake Birtwistle is our guest on Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories. Speaking to us from his training camp in Spain, Jake tells us how the pandemic has impacted his journey to the Olympics.
1: It was actually while I was in quarantine that the Olympics was
0: postponed, which at the time was actually really like, good news for me because I felt like I wasn't somewhere where I could fully prepare. So that was kind of like a big relief, I guess. How not everything is plain sailing as he prepares for races.
1: Like, I don't know why I do this. Like, it's super hard.
0: (laughs) And how he feels going into a competition.
1: I've become someone that can kind of line up on a start line at any event in the world and think, I can win this
0: today. Join me, Tegan Nash, for Sound Mind, Sound Body Stories to hear how elite athletes find the resources to keep their bodies and their minds in harmony. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from.